Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay and had a good weekend. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Monday, May the 15th. And our top story today is that there are fresh concerns. Some school children are becoming feral, while others are falling behind due to the ongoing effects of the pandemic. There have been reports across the country of students returning from homeschooling with poor attitudes and an inability to cope in a classroom. While psychologists say it is possible to get children back on track, but it'll require additional support and teachers say their budgets are already stretched. Well I've been speaking to Matt Patterson who's the head teacher of Shears Green Junior School in Gravesend. I think we have seen an epidemic of um, mental health and well-being issues with our children um, and there has been an exponential um, rise in the number of children who are genuinely struggling to access learning to access some of the basic fundamentals of life and we are doing all we can to try and um, fix that for them. As teachers that must be incredibly difficult for you to see because none of us have faced a situation like this before. Can you give us some examples of the sorts of things that you're experiencing that you're seeing children are going through? So we've got children who are showing quite high levels of distress um, they are struggling to even access a classroom. They can't get into a class and learn. We've got a whole range of provisions going on to support the children where we've got lots of adults working on a one-to-one, one-to-two basis. We are providing children with their own bespoke curriculums, which might involve going to spend time with our chickens. It might involve digging in our allotments Um, They are doing lots of art and craft and creative um, activities, as well as trying to give them the the best possible, you know, chance of of surviving in life with the curriculum they need to have as well. Yeah, I mean, it's very, very difficult. And obviously that takes up an awful lot of resource for for you and your staff as well. Are the children able to say why they're feeling like they're feeling? A, A lot of the time they can't. They, and I think that's half the problem. They can't, they struggle to process. And when every behaviour is an unmet need, so often you'll see behaviour and outbursts and distress, and it's because they can't express it because they're, they're young children, they're seven, they're eight, they're nine years old. Um, and it's often for us to spend that time with the children. We have three learning mentors in school who are highly skilled in a whole range of therapies to try and support, to help. Um, these these children to try and unpick and find out the, the reasons why. How is that affecting them academically, Matt? Because obviously you still want these children to thrive and you want them to achieve, but you've got targets as well with, you know, SATs and things like that. How are they coping? Not very well. This week it's been SATs week and there's been a lot of noise about Wednesday's reading tests and the, the matrix of it and the difficulty and all I can report from 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 what I saw this week was the children are quite fragile as it is. And those questions really knocked a few of our children, especially our more vulnerable children. And actually they came in, you know, they saw the first couple of questions, that's it, they couldn't carry on. Um, and then actually yesterday's mass tests, they couldn't access at all. They Because of the distress of not being able to access the previous days and 
you know, I think what's the impact of their for their ongoing learning? They're leaving us soon and moving on to secondary school. And before you know it, going to be entering the workplace. And these tests, you know, you, you're knocking their confidence on such a level and really turning them off from learning. That's what you're doing because we want them to enjoy learning. We want them to, you know, my my mantra is we want every child to become the very best version of themselves. And when they're having their confidence knocked to to meet an arbitrary test, which, you know, I think it, it's, it's it, obviously the government give us the key stage two sats to a measure the ch children's progress and attainment, but the context of the last two years, or the last three years for these children, having the number of lockdowns they've had, is um, I think they should have you know taken that into account, and it doesn't appear they have. And you can read Alex Langridge's report on this story on the website today, and let us know what you think by leaving a comment. I have been looking at what some of you have had to say. Aunt Bessie has written that this behaviour was happening well before the pandemic. Strange, it's just been noticed. Whereas Jagger sixty five has said, "I agree with the comments that the buck stops with the parents. There also needs to be more investment in schools, teachers, and assistants. Some of these children will grow up and be draining the state later on, and so will their children." And the cycle continues. Kentish two two six has added mobile phones and computer games over learning. That's what he seems to think the problem is. And Fudge has added to that, saying, "I blame TikTok." As I say, you can. Let us know what you think by leaving a comment on the story or indeed on our socials. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and a man's been charged with two counts of attempted murder following a stabbing in Rochester. A 19-year-old was flown to hospital with serious injuries and another was also hurt on the high street near Star Hill on Friday. Cyrus Moses, who's 20 and from Caterham in Surrey, was due in court today. Police say they've identified a man who was found dead in the River Medway over the weekend. The body was discovered at Elmhaven Marina in Hauling on Saturday evening. He was in his 50s and officers had have spoken to his family. The death is not being treated as suspicious. Tributes are being paid to a Medway man who died after being crushed by heavy machinery at work. There was a huge emergency response at an office building in central London last month, but crews were unable to save 51-year-old Steve Jeffrey from Cliff. Well, he's been described as kind-hearted and caring. A fundraising page has been set up to help his partner and children pay for the funeral. Next today, and Kent Online can reveal people who drop litter in parts of Kent have racked up fines of more than half a million pounds in the past year. It follows a crackdown in Canterbury, Herm Bay and Whitstable. Well, fines of up to £150 have been handed out more than 3,500 times across the area since last May, but there are accusations. Wardens are looking for easy targets. Well, Kate joins me now with more on this one. What do critics mean, Kate? Well, they're concerned that most of the fines handed out have been concentrated on Canterbury City Centre. National Enforcement Solutions was initially drafted in to tackle mess in the coastal towns of Whitstable and Hearn Bay, but almost nine in ten of the fines have been dished out in Canterbury itself, particularly Northgate, which is one of the most deprived wards. And what does the data show specifically for that area then? Well, 38% of all fines given out since May last year were in Northgate. Councillor Alan Baldock is the local councillor and leader of the local Labour group. He says that while littering is completely and utterly unacceptable, he has concerns over how much time is spent by officers patrolling private car parks. And have we had any response from the local authorities? They insist Ness has helped to clean up their district and they say their 
pleased overall with the work being done. They've also added that as we head towards summer, there will be more enforcement in coastal towns. Kate, thanks so much. And you can see the full breakdown of stats showing where fines were handed out by reading the story online. Kent Online reports. A petition set up after a Tunbridge Wells teenager died from an allergic reaction is going to be debated in Parliament later. 18-year-old Owen Carey ate a chicken burger that he didn't realise contained buttermilk in April 2017. His family are now campaigning for a new law forcing restaurants to put all information about allergens on the menu. A motorcyclist who suffered life-changing injuries in a crash says he feels he's stuck in limbo after the driver who knocked him down is thought to have fled to Bulgaria. Leon Zamre spent five weeks in hospital and had to learn to walk again following the crash on the A257, which is near Canterbury, last July. Bulgarian national Krasimir Kardashlikov admitted careless driving but failed to turn up to court for sentencing. Authorities now say plans to extradite him are being discussed. Now, as Mental Health Awareness Week gets underway today, a Kent GP says he's seen cases of anxiety in his surgery on a very regular basis. Dr Jack Jacobs works in Ham Street near Ashford and reckons it's down to a combination of the fallout from the pandemic and current cost of living crisis. Well, Dr Jack has been speaking to reporter Dan Bishner. It's a pretty common thing for, for me to see, actually. I, I would say that that certainly it, almost every every other day I probably see someone who, who suffers with anxiety. Uh, and one of the things that I think is really important to kind of get in everyone's mind is the difference between the word anxiety, because we use that word a lot, and actually, like clinically, what's, you know, there's a difference between medical anxiety and day-to-day anxiety. So the way I look at it is that we, we all suffer with worries, uh, you know, and that, that's normal, right? That, that's a normal part of being a human being, that you get worried about doing stuff, whether that's doing your exams, doing a driving test, doing a presentation, going to see the GP, worry is normal. Uh, and when everyone's experienced that, when you get worry, you kind of get knots in your tummy, you might feel a bit sweaty, you might get sort of palpitations in your, in your chest, your breathing might go a bit fast. That's kind of a, a normal response. And that's because your body is producing like your stress hormones to kind of get your body prepared. And that's normal. And it's normally short lived. uh, And people often get used to it and they can cope with it. There are some times when that abnormal worry doesn't go. And it's like it just persists all the time. So you might have an initial concern about something, but, but the symptoms just stay on for a long period of time and then people sort of are kind of living in this kind of state of alertness heightened alertness heightened stress and worry and it's at that point it might start affecting things so it might start affecting your job your hobbies your relationships your concentration uh, your sleep pattern you might start to experience lots of these sort of physical symptoms that we mentioned a lot like palpitations hot flushes sometimes feeling tired uh, and it can trigger all sorts of other symptoms, but it's at that point when it when it when it's prolonged. That's what what you know clinically we would call anxiety. And then there's kind of different types because there are different things that might trigger it. So some people it's linked to specific phobias. Uh, sometimes uh, it's linked to uh, post traumatic stress if you've lived with trauma, or people can just have what we call general anxiety disorder, or sometimes panic disorder. So there's kind of a whole group of things they all have similar sort of symptoms and to be honest with you a lot of the treatments are very similar have you seen 
obviously go post COVID and coming into a, a cost of living crisis. Um, obviously, Mind the Charity are focusing their Mental Health Awareness Week uh, on the cost of living crisis, and obviously the main theme is anxiety. Do you see a, a, an increase recently with people um, suffering from anxiety? I would say yes. I don't have exact numbers on it, but yeah, I, mean, I think mental health generally, we, we've seen a real sort of surge in that. And uh, initially, there were a lot of young people, I think, who were really struggling. I think the pandemic really affected young people who need to develop relationships and go out. We saw a lot of children and young people suffering with anxiety and other mental health problems. Uh, but but you're absolutely right. You know, the cost of living crisis, it, that affects everybody uh, uh, from all walks of life. And as GPs, we are definitely seeing more of that. I don't have the numbers, but I know that day to day, I do. If someone is suffering from anxiety, what would you um, give them advice, help uh, coping mechanisms, things like that to, um, to to help with it? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things you can do. And I when I talk to people about this, and if, if people can do it themselves, I always look at like, what can you do to help yourself? Because there are genuinely quite good things that you can do to help yourself. So, so sometimes it's having that recognition and understanding what these symptoms mean. And, you know, a healthcare professional can help you validate that. But the sort of self-help stuff that helps, there's talking therapies, um, all sorts of different talking therapies. You can self-refer for those. If you just Google it, have a look at talking therapies, uh, put Kenton Medway, stuff will come up. You can self-refer for that. Um, there are sort of things that you can do day to day. So generally speaking, it really helps if you have a bit of routine, if you remember to eat, uh, if you remember to be a bit active in the day. It doesn't have to be like full on exercise, just activity helps. If you can do full on exercise, that can be very helpful. And then the other things that you can do, a bit like the counselling, are things to help with your mind. So mindfulness is something I often recommend, which is a sort of form of meditation and, and kind of grounding yourself just having that uh, ability to do that can really be very very helpful this year's awareness week will focus on one of the most common mental health problems and how to keep it under control kent online reports there are calls for cctv to be installed in an alleyway in chatham following an attack we're told a man in his 20s was beaten up in broad daylight as he headed along fellowship walk in kestrel road the victim was treated in hospital for facial injuries so far no one's been arrested elsewhere the county council have been criticized for failing to fix broken subway lights in maidstone despite them not working for six months green councillor stuart jeffrey has accused kcc of putting savings before safety by not fixing the lights in the busy walkway under Fair Meadow near Drakes. Well, the council say parts have been ordered but industry-wide delays have meant the reinstatement of the lighting has taken longer than hoped. Police are investigating after a woman reported being followed as she was walking with her young son in Ramsgate. The man then allegedly made aggressive comments towards her as she pushed a pram along Chapel Lane on Friday morning. Officers have arrested a man who they discovered was wanted on a recall to prison. This was one of our most read stories over the weekend and the new owners of a pub near Maidstone say they're looking forward to working with locals to make it a real hotspot. Stepbrothers Rick Bucher and Carlo Podak have launched the recently renamed Duke of Edinburgh Embalming. They've already spent £20,000 renovating the building which used to be known as the Rocking Robin on the Green while Carlo says it was a scramble to get the pub refurbished in time. We opened on 28 but we only 
got the keys to it on the 20th. So we only had eight days to make all the changes, get everything cleaned up, make sure everything is running at the normal parameters, make sure we got all the contracts, internet, wastage, water, electricity changed onto us, licensing, and the most and hardest thing, staff, because we need people we can rely on, people that they know what they're doing, and people that are working on a certain standard to make sure that the customer that works through the door is going to be a returning customer. But we managed to um, override that obstacle, and right now we've got a beautiful team that it's, of course, looking to grow. I am quite open to get local people in as well, because, you know, it's nice when everyone knows everyone, and um, I think it'll be um, another key point in reconnecting ourselves with the community. It was lots of work. We were starting here at 7 o'clock in the morning, leaving home at 2, sleep for a few hours, come back. It was a lot of painting, a lot of decorating, a lot of cleaning because the place, in the plainest words possible, it was rotten. Especially to get the kitchen to the point where it is now, to actually be completely sanitised, completely free to be serving food from, it, it, it was hard. The inside was in a pretty bad shape as well, I mean we had to redo all the tables, all the chairs. We had to take, because there was loads of TVs everywhere which you know, as we change it to a pub and grill from the sports bar that used to be in the music venue, we had to do a lot to, you know, give the feeling when you walk in that you're actually walking into somewhere where you want to come with your partner to actually have a nice, nice dinner in a nice glass, and you're not going to have um, people that are misusing drugs around you or you know someone who's going to get violent because they're attempting to score a goal. You know, it's, um, we're completely trying to get rid of that um, sports venue concept. We are pub and grill now. We've got a really nice selection of steaks. And of course, we're trying to work with local suppliers, with the local butchers and anything. We try to keep our prices really accessible for the people. We also try to accommodate, and we're now in talks with local football teams. Uh, we're trying to do a reverse scheme for the NHS staff because, of course, we're close to the hospital. I know it's not easy for no one. Everything started to get expensive. Al alcohol com came up in price, food came up in price. But when you make sure your customers are happy and you've got a standards of serving, people won't mind paying something for something good. And you can see pictures inside by heading to the Maidstone pages of Kent Online. Kent Online News. People living near Dartford are calling for what they describe as a dangerous junction to be improved. It's where Horton Road, the street and Bull Hill all meet at Horton Kirby. Residents claim signs are confusing. The county council say they'll replace them and will add chevrons and refresh road markings. A reminder, if you are out driving, part of the M2 is going to be closed overnight this week for roadworks. The London-bound stretch between junctions 4 for Gillingham and 5 for Sittingbourne is being resurfaced. It'll be shut between 8pm and 6am from Monday to Friday with more closures on the coastbound carriageway next week. This is one of the most read stories on the website today. A new restaurant in a huge extension at a garden centre between Canterbury and Sandwich is due to open this summer. The Johnson family took over Layham Garden Centre in Staple around five years ago and hoped to turn it into a community hub. Well, they were given planning permission and work started two years ago. Leanne has been 
speaking to Mark Johnson, who's one of the owners. We wanted to get out of London a little bit. We were forced to sell our nursery to go into a land bank for the local plan. Uh, of ours is needed in our village. And we looked at reinvesting another sort of 40, 50 miles out with a, a lot more area. And we, we ended up at Lamb's Garden Centre because we used to know Helen because we used to buy her roses years ago. And we said, if you ever want to sell, we'd be interested in buying it. Uh, the plan in which we went to the parish council and we explained from what we was looking at doing and they backed us 110% for what we wanted to do here to update the facilities to be a traditional garden centre that traditionally grew roses and add the other little bits on the shovels to this and the little cafeteria and live here and, and carry on working the way it's sort of been. We're losing all of our nurseries, we're losing all of our growing facilities for plants and artisan. We've got a few buildings here which we'd like to keep as artisan cheesemakers, butchers and invite them in and come and work with us. And that's why we invested a lot of money into our new building, which is 3,220 square foot downstairs with new toilet facilities, with a new cafeteria and, and, and keep it just quiet and nice, but busy enough to earn some money pay our taxes and, and keep everyone happy you you can't come and change this village this village has been you know operating for hundreds of years and we don't want we don't want to change uh, just just modernize we are DFLs uh, and we'd want to commit but we want to give you something down here rather than take what you've got down here if that makes sense right we're ready now to invite someone to come and see if they can help us run a restaurant we've got no experience of running a cafeteria i can eat ice creams and eat <laughs> drink plenty of tea and coffee and i love cake but we want someone who's passionate we are passionate about what we do robert's passionate robert's been here it's 30 years next year he wants to stay here and you know he lives less than one two miles away pete miles in wingham village his family are all based there so it is, you know, it is, we, we, we can't come down here and we don't want to make big sort of changes. We slowly change. You've got a lovely church, you've got a lovely schools. What a lovely place to bring children up. If you've got little ones, it's the start of walk to school week and pupils across the county are being encouraged to take part. Medway Council is supporting the campaign, which encourages youngsters to travel to school by walking, using a wheelchair, cycling, scootering or by park and stride where they walk the last 10 minutes of the journey. They urge schools to sign up to the walking and wheeling challenge to encourage long-term green habits. And Ed Sheeran's made it seven weeks at number one on the Kent Top 40 over on our sister radio station KMFM with Eyes Closed. He's also topped the album chart following the release of Subtract. Lewis Capaldi's Wish You the Best is at number two on the Kent Top 40 with Waffle House by the Jonas Brothers at number three. Kent Online Sports. Football and Maidstone's Alessia Russo was unable to help Manchester United win the Women's FA Cup. The England striker was on the field for yesterday's final but they were beaten 1-0 by Chelsea. Much better news for pupils from a school in Maidstone they've won their under-11s cup final at Wembley. The girls' team from Pallisewood Primary beat Scarborough on penalties after the match finished 3 all. They're hoping to be at Maidstone United's Gallagher Stadium for a presentation at the beginning of next season. On to cricket now, and Kent have managed to salvage a draw in their county championship match against Hampshire despite a terrible first innings. They scored just 95 before bowling the visitors out for 373 in Canterbury. Kent batted out the final day, reaching two 
259 for four by the close of play. The result means they've now moved off the bottom of the Division One table. And in motorsport, MotoGP legend Valentino Rossi has finished second in the GT World Challenge Europe at Kent's Brands Hatch. It's the 44-year-old's first podium finish after he switched from a bike to car racing. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via The Briefing. And to sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.